Guadarrama. Come on, give him a heart of the bay welcome here tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Worship team, thank you very much. It was awesome. Glory to God. I'm going to call my wife real quickly to come up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Wasn't that a powerful, powerful, powerful testimony by Sister Chella? I mean, that was, that was amazing, man. I'm, I'm excited, man. But I, I wanted to just go ahead and make an altar call right now. I was ready to start claiming blessings upon my life, you know. But, uh, yeah, my wife and I were celebrating this last week or uh, 10 days ago or so. We celebrated 34 years of marriage, staying together. And, uh, and we're still on our second honeymoon. Hallelujah. No, but I just wanted to share a little. Amen. How many feel the spirit of God in this place? I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, it's always great to come back home. For me, this is where it all started. Amen. I have roots in this church. This is my church. Amen. And I can remember um, running the streets of Hayward at the age of 14. And I can remember meeting the man of God, my pastor, Pastor Steve, out on the streets that handed me a flyer one day and told me I didn't have to live like this. I didn't have to be running the streets all crazy and doing some of the things that I was doing. And I can tell you that, man, my pastor had nothing but love and compassion. Because even though I got that flyer that day, I didn't get saved right away. It wasn't until many, many years later that I see my pastor again. And there he was with another flyer. And he hit me with that flyer that day that I had just been broken. Like I was in a low, low place of my life. And I can remember that he invited me when they used to live on Roos Road over there. We used to have church in the garage over there. Stevan was in diapers. <laughs> and so we used to go over there. And, and I'm telling you, the love that my pastor had for people, the love, the compassion that he had for people, like, those are some of the things that, that I always remember my pastor for. I'm telling you, we come from a great legacy. You better know that you're cut from a good rock tonight. You better know who you are tonight, amen, because you come from one of the best. And you guys are just getting started. Great things have came out of the church of Hayward, but the latter shall be greater. Pastor Stevon, Sister Chella, you haven't even seen what God's going to do in this church. The latter shall be greater. You belong to a great history, a great DNA, and I'm so excited and I'm so thankful because if it wasn't for my pastor that I met that day, I don't know where I would be. I was broken. I was lost. No hope. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Running the streets. Involved in gangs over there in Tennyson. South Garden just running amok crazy. And I would always see my pastor out there. Always. He said, what are you doing out here again? Why are you out here again? I'll be, man, man, he's always out here. I can't hide from him. <laughs> but little did I know, man, I would be a part of something so great. It's a privilege to have this legacy. I just want you to know, it's a privilege. It's a privilege, Hayward, to be a part of something so great. And I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what God's going to do here in this church because you guys are just getting started. This church here, don't get, don't get comfortable. This is not your church. This is a stepping stone to something great that God has for you guys, okay? So you guys got to rise up together, lock arms with your pastors, and give, and give, and give, and you watch and see what God's going to do. Amen? God bless you.
Praise the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a good praise. How many know that? Women in Victory Outreach, they are preachers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's really, really awesome to be here tonight and to see so many familiar faces, uh, some friends, you know, and uh, people that, that uh, you know, have, a, uh, have labored uh, uh, greatly to be able to see the work of the ministry continue to move forward. Uh, we thank God, of course, for our founder, Pastor Sonny Argonzoni, and, and all of the uh, leaders that have made it possible for us to have an opportunity to be able to minister the gospel. You know, today they call me pastor. Well, there was one day when they called me a lot of the names, but no pastor at all. Amen. And they were not good names. But, but today, because of people that have fought a good fight and uh, people who have trusted God, uh, we are standing here today, standing in the house of God, in the right mind, understanding that God has given us a great opportunity to make a difference in our lives. And I want to thank uh, Pastor Esteban and, and Chela and the leadership for inviting me to come. I am part of the church here in Hayward, the heart of the bay. Come on now, we're, we're part of that. We're part descendants of the legacy of Pastor Steve Pineda, praise the Lord, and and their pastor Sonny, and uh, this is this is an awesome awesome ministry. I don't know if you're visiting here tonight or you've been here for a while, but I want to let you know. My pastor used to say this. He would say, "There's a lot of a lot of great ministries out there. They're doing a great work for God. There's a lot of great ministries." And he says, "But don't forget, this is one of the great ministries as well. Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay, Victory Outreach International is one of the great ministries that is doing a great great work." For God, praise the Lord. I want you to stand to your feet quickly and uh, take your Bible, praise the Lord. And we want to go ahead and, and uh, read the opening scripture that is found in Matthew chapter 28. And uh, the title, Pastor Steve would, would have a lot of titles and he would, uh, he would have a lot of sayings as well. And one of the sayings that he would do all the time when he was preaching is there, when under the gun, don't run. So the title of my message is, When Under the Gun, Don't Run. All right? Okay, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 through 20. The Bible reads this way. It says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I am with you always to the ends of of the earth. Father, we come before you one more time, God, and I thank you just for the air that we breathe here today, Lord. Today was not promised to any of us, but you allowed us, Lord God, not only to be alive, but to be saved and sanctified and to be able to live a life of purpose. And Father, I just pray for every individual that can hear my voice right now, God, that you minister to every heart here tonight, Lord, that after this message is over, after the service is done, after them, when we're on our way home, we will not remain the same. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone says amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Coming over this way to, uh, to Hayward, uh, to the heart of the bay, uh, we have to cross the bridge. And, uh, and then coming this way uh, brings so many memories. Just driving through Oakland and, and, and this way and then... Coming over here and then hearing Pastor Esteban uh, mention some of the things before I got saved. It just took me way, way back. You know what I'm saying? Way back. But it brings so many, so many 
so many memories. And I know that throughout my message here tonight, there will be a couple of things or a few things that are going to come out from Pastor Steve. Because if there was anybody that really made a, a, a huge impact in my life was Pastor Steve Pineda, um, uh, Pastor Esteban's dad. And, uh, and, and he impacted my life so much. And he helped me to fall in love with Jesus so much that uh, I don't want to do anything else. I, want, I gave up a, a business that I had. I had a glass business that, that, that I started, and, and, and God allowed me to start a, a glass business. And then when the call came, uh, I just gave the business away. And when I was in Santa Rosa, we were battling. We went through some financial difficulties in, 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 in the ministry. Um, my wife and I had bought a house, and we, we sold it um, to give um, the money uh, to the church. And we gave over a hundred and some thousand dollars to be able to to, to keep the ministry moving forward. And prior to that, also, we, uh, we had money for, for a church, I mean, for, for our house. And, um, and then uh, God opened up that property that we would buy it. And so my wife and I um, gave, prior to selling the house, we gave the money that we had to buy the, the house. And that's how we got the piece of property where God put a church for us. And, and we have a, 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 a church an awesome church building there, and we just acquired more property just recently, and, and uh, we are in the process, we're in the process right now. I'm saying all this, I'm not boasting, I'm, I'm just saying something, because it has to do with my, with my message here tonight. Um, uh, uh, also, we are, uh, in fact, when I was coming uh, today, when we were driving, uh, I got an email from an architect that is working on a brand new house, an expansion to the existing home that is going to house 20 more men, 20 more beds that we're doing for the recovery home, for the victory home. And, and uh, we're going for the permits. They already approved the, 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 the zoning, and so now we're going for the permits. And so in the next six weeks or so, it looks like we're going to have an approval to build uh, a 20-bed expansion for our men's recovery home right next door to the church. So that's that's beautiful. And uh, we also were able to build on that property on the other side. We're able to build a four-bedroom house where we have six, uh, six uh, 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 individuals, young uh, adults that are being trained and developed. And, and this is the leadership development center that we call it. And we work with these guys there. Some are come out of their recovery home. Some other ones came from the gang. And so we're working, you know, with those guys to be able to see God do amazing things through their lives. Praise the Lord. And then also most recently, um, uh, we were on this loan for a long time. And to make a long story longer, um, we're on this loan for a long time. It's a big building, a big project. We owe like $2.6 million in making those payments. It was crazy for many years. And that's how we got into some financial difficulties, you know. And so, and so most recently, something happened that we had no control over. We didn't do anything. We just were recipients of God's blessings and breakthroughs in that. The bank gave us an option. And it says, you, if you find somebody that can finance this loan for you, we're willing to give it to you and reduce $1 million. I, I, was, I, I, was, I was like, why are you doing this? And, and, and the lender, with tears in his eyes, he says, because we are crazy. That's exactly what he said. 
over a table. We're on a ta over a table like that. We're on that side. We're on this side. And, and it didn't make sense to me. I said, why are you doing this? And he looked at me, and then tears in his eyes coming down. He says, we're crazy. He was like, I said, more power to me. Huh? Stay crazy, you know. And uh, but we had to uh, we had to find our own lenders, so we went out there and, uh, and and we found somebody that that purchased a loan from them at one million dollars less than what we owe them. So now we owe one million dollars less. In a matter of about ten weeks, we paid one million dollars. Come on now, come on now. We didn't pay it. God paid it. God paid it. I said, man, I wish I, I, I could come to the congregation. I wish I could say, man, you know, I developed this plan. I, I strategized it so well. I started putting some numbers together. I spoke with some people that I know. And then we did this and that. And boom, this is what happened. <laughs> this is your pastor, you know. But, but it didn't happen like that. I had no clue what happened. <laughs> All I know that we were under the gun. We were under the gun. We didn't know if we were going to make it. We were, we were kind of gasping for air because we didn't know what was going to happen. The whole world was collapsing on us. We felt the weight of the ministry and everything out. We saw the devil talking and saying, you're out. This is, you're done. It's over. You're a failure. But somehow, some way, God made a way for us. Come on, I, I, want you, I want you to shout a little bit because that's not just for us. That's not just for us. This is for every child of God. If you're a child of God, God has your name. God knows who you are and God has already breakthroughs in your life to bless you and to see you make it all the way through. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, so we're excited. We're excited, and I'm so excited that when under the gun, we didn't run. When under the gun, we didn't run. Believe me, there's a lot of things that happen in ministry. There's a lot of pressure in ministry. But I want to let you know that when you're serving God, God takes care of that all, everything like that. See, there's three types of people that Jesus encountered when he was walking here on earth. Pay attention, I'm not, I'm not going to take too long, but there's three types of people that Jesus encountered while he was here on earth. Number one, there was a group of people that whenever Jesus went, things happened. Things happened, you know. And so people wanted to know what's happening. So we call that first group of people that Jesus encountered the crowd. There was a crowd that came whenever Jesus went. There was crowds that came. The crowds were simply, simply curious to see what was going on. They just wanted to know, what's all that commotion about? I want to go see. And so the crowd would come because they wanted to see what was going on when Jesus was ministering out there in the villages, in the cities, in the different towns. How many know that where Jesus went, things happened, things took place. So people, the crowd just wanted to go see what was going on. There was another group of people that perhaps they started right there in the crowd, but they took the next step. And the next step was that this became followers of Jesus. The second group of people were followers of Jesus. And this group of people, the followers of Jesus, perhaps were part of the crowd at one time, 
But they came and they saw what Jesus was doing. And they found out that Jesus was healing and Jesus was performing miracles and Jesus was blessing and Jesus was doing all these things for people that they became followers of Jesus. They wanted to find out where is Jesus going to be next? Where is Jesus going next? Why? Because I want to I wanna go and I want to I wanna receive some of his blessing. In fact, the followers, those that became followers would only follow Jesus because they were interested in getting the benefits of what Jesus was doing. So the, the ones that became followers, they were only interested in getting the blessings, the benefits of all the good things that Jesus was doing. I want to be there. I want to be in the right place. I, wanna see, I want him to see me. I want him to come and heal me. I want him to come and heal my children. I want him to do all this. That's all that we're doing. But there were not people that would walk with the pressures of life serving the Lord. That was the third group. The third group were the disciples. The third group were the disciples. The disciples was a whole different group of individuals who had made a decision to answer the call of God upon their lives. These were individuals who made decisions and they were able to see that perhaps all the people was getting blessed from Jesus, when Jesus would heal people, not only they were following him because they wanted to be blessed, they were able to shift their mentality and understand that, you know what? It is so awesome to see other people getting blessed. It is so awesome to be able to see the blind men getting healed. Look at that. Oh, wow. Look at what Jesus is doing. And you know what they did? Their mentality was able to change and they were able to say, how in the world can we assist Jesus in helping all these other people that need help? See, the disciples started thinking and being a little different from the followers and from the crowd. There were individuals who were able to see that not only do I need a blessing, but there's other people that need blessings. In fact, there's other people that are, that are much worse off than I am. There's other people that need a miracle more than I need a miracle. There's other people that need to be saved more than me. I already received an awesome calling of God. I got a miracle from the Lord. I got the touch from God. Now I want to be an instrument that God can use so that I can help Jesus, so that I can assist Jesus in reaching other people that are hurting all around us. Listen, my friend. Jesus knew what was going to take to be able to build his church. Jesus knew. What he was going to take to build his church. And what he was going to take to be able to spread the message of hope. The message of the gospel all around the world. And that is the reason why here in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. The Bible says there, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say go and make and, and, and get the crowd to follow you or go and bring followers to follow you. Go and make disciples. Because disciples are the key to be able to build anything worth building in the kingdom of God. If you want to build a, a, a strong international movement as Victory Outreach International is today, you can ask Pastor Sonny and he will tell you he's taking committed people, true disciples. To be able to get the ministry to where it is today. And he would also tell you, 
if we want to take the ministry to another level, as God has called us to, it's going to take true disciples to be able to take it to the next level. Followers are not going to build it. I'm going I'm, I'm to go a step further here and I'm going to tell you, you guys want to fill that up on top and you guys want to get another building and you want to keep on moving forward. I'll tell you what kind of people it's going to take. I've been in Santa Rosa going on 22 years and I can tell you that crowds would come and followers would come and people that are asking, hey, where's the blessing? Oh, I like the music. Oh, I like to come because I get goosebumps. Oh, I like all this. But when the, when the, when, when the tire meets the road, when there is some kind of disciplines in the in the church house, when there is some, some, some kind of things that need to be done, they, you don't find them. You won't find them no more. And I think Jesus knew all this and says, you need to make disciples. You need to go and you need to make disciples. And the reason why Jesus concentrated only 12, you say, how come he didn't go after the multitudes? Because he knew that if you can get 12 disciples, then he really was reaching the multitudes through those 12. But they needed to be grounded in the things of God. They needed to know what was needed. They needed to know and to understand that there was a price to be paid to be able to build anything worth building. See, to become a disciple, somebody said, to become a disciple means a decisive an irrevocable turning both to God and to neighbor. What follows from there is a journey which, it says, never ends in this life. A journey of continually discovering new dimensions of loving God and loving your neighbor. In other words, once, once you give your all to Jesus, you, you continue to learn your entire lifetime how you can love God more and how you can love your neighbor more. How can I do more for people? Pastor Sonny, you know, it amazes every one of us, you know, that he, he is, uh, he's going to be 80, right? He was said 80. And he is all over the world reaching people. All over the different countries around the world. Establishing bases. In fact, uh, I think we got a, an email the other day that uh, uh, Victory Average International is purchasing the big property over in Germany, right? You, got, you guys know that. In fact, I think I, th I think we, we pledged some money for that. I think I think I saw your pastor step out in faith and said, "Hey, we, we we're part of the international movement, and we want to be a part of planting and sowing seed in what we're doing in Germany." I think we're going over there, but you see him in South Africa. You see him in Panama. You see him in Europe. You see him in Mexico. You see him all over the place. You know what he's doing at his age? Continue to grow in his love for God and how he can help people around the world. A true disciple does that. He continues to expand and to grow in the love of Jesus, loving Jesus and loving the neighbor. See, in many parts of the scriptures, Jesus clearly defines what a disciple is and what a disciple does. He defines clearly. Because sometimes, well, what is a disciple? Somebody says, well, he's a student uh, of a teacher. He, 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 you know, it's a learner. Somebody that learns from a teacher. as a disciple. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 24, he says, Jesus says to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. 
That's what Jesus says. Simple. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. It starts with a deep, true desire to follow Jesus. If you want to be my disciple, he says, if you want to be. Do you have a desire that is big enough, strong enough to be my disciple? Because if you have a strong enough a desire to be my disciple, then you will be willing to deny yourself. Hallelujah. To deny yourself. Only a strong love for Jesus would deny self to continue to follow Jesus. See, true disciples of Jesus, hear me out. True disciples of Jesus are people who are willing to carry some weight. That's what, that's what I say. When under the gun, go run. Because sometimes when you're under the gun, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of weight. And this is where a lot of people, the followers and the crowd, they run away. The only ones that remain are the disciples. Because the disciple, Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, you must be able, willing to, 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 to deny yourself and to take up your cross. The cross is heavy. To take up, to pick up your cross and to follow me. See, becoming a, a true disciple of Jesus requires that you would be able to pick up some weight. To carry some weight. That, that there will be responsibilities in Christianity for every one of us. There is a responsibility for every child of God. That's what Sister Chella talks about giving and, and what he does. She's saying this because everyone that says, I am a child of God, I believe in Jesus, there is a responsibility in your life as it is in my life. To be able to represent Jesus well here on earth, to have a testimony that, you know, aligns with the word of God. An individual who comes to church and congregates with the family of God. An individual that gets involved in helping on how to reach more people. Some people that take responsibility on where we're going and what we're trying to build. Because God is at the center of it all. But there's individuals that don't care. This individual that just want the blessings, the individual that just want to know what's going on, but they never take responsibility. And so I, I'm here to challenge you today because I truly believe that God wants to take you not only to the next level, not only to the next step, but I believe that God wants to position you in a place where you can make the difference that Pastor Steve wanted to make, not only here in the city of Hayward, but the, with the, the influence that he wanted to make all around the world. He was a man of faith. He was a man that spoke here in Hayward, and he would say, Hayward is our pulpit, but the world is our congregation. He would say those things, and he would say it, and he would believe that. And he would get individuals, and he would take us on different trips all over the world. Jose, I'm going to the Philippines in, you know, in, in a month. And I would say, yeah, pastor. He said, yeah, yeah, if you want to come, you call the office. Get the information. I didn't need to pray on it. I didn't come out. Well, I don't, I don't uh, Pastor, you know, I, I, I'm late on my rent. 
and I don't think I'm able to, you know, you know, family, you know, I got to take care of this. I can't. That's not how it was in the streets. In the streets, we want some, we get it. We get it. We step on whoever we need to step on. We, we need to do whatever we got to do. We're there. Now in the things of God, a disciple, don't get that crazy. But you can't get soft either. You come to the church house, you, 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 you got to keep up your, 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 your godly reputation. But you got to get crazy in the Holy Ghost. You got to understand that you were called to be the top and not the bottom. You were called to be the head and not the tail. You were called to be great. Come on now, in the sight of the Lord. God called you to do something. God called you. And not only did he call you and chose you and picked you up out of darkness, but also he put his power inside of you, inside the Holy Spirit. He put it inside of you and said, come on, I'm going with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Come on now. He says, I give you all the power, all the authority to go around the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Give them the power and not Nothing will be able to stop you as you keep on doing what I called you to do. God wants to raise up men and women from this church to be able to send you all around the world and to do work for God. And nothing will be able to stop you. But you must believe it. Come on, somebody need to give them. Come on, give them a good praise if you believe it. God is not done. God is not finished here in the city of Hayward. God is not finished. God chose a young man, excited and young. He's almost as young as I am. I think you got me by a year and a half or something, right? Go call me and say, Stevan, you know, he's, 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 you see your older brother? I said, yep. See, yeah, he's got me by two years. It's all right. Anyways. God is called a young man with a vision. And he's got the heart of his father. And he wants to make a difference. You, you, you hear it, him and his wife? Money's, you know, money is for the gospel. So, so we, did a, we, did a, we did an appraisal just recently on our property. We went and, you know, we're almost closing the shop a few years back. Sold a house and gave money and did whatever. Did a letter with the board of directors. Hey, if you if we ever have money, if the church ever has money, we need the money back so that we can buy a house. 20, 20 years plus, and we bought a house, sold it right away, and this this and that for the church. So we went the other day and we did an appraisal of the whole property. Do you know that that we have anywhere from two point three to two point five million equity? Equity, equity, that's after the, the value of the properties that we have today. How in the world can that happen? When everybody said nothing good comes out of East Oakland. Not, nothing good comes out of that place, 96th, 98th Avenue. Nothing good comes out of East Oakland. My homeboys got shot. My homeboys got killed. My homeboys got, 
heroin addict. My homeboys died in prison. My homeboys crippled for life, bullets and uh, spying, all this other stuff. How did God take me out of there? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that when I heard the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I said, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to go for this. I tried everything else and nothing worked in my life. I'm going to go for this with everything I got. And I've been running now for almost 30 years, 29 years. I said, I put my eye on the bullseye. I'm going to chase after Jesus. I'm going to listen to my pastor. I'm going to be obedient to the gospel. I'm in Santa Rosa because my pastor, one day, you are the man. And I'm sending you there. And I say, yes, sir. You are the voice of God in my life. I don't need to ask here. I don't need to go pray over there. When the man of God over our life speaks, that's God speaking to us. And that's the reason why God has blessed everything that we're doing. Because we were doing it and are doing it unto the Lord and in obedience to our leaders. Come on, somebody need to give them a good praise. Hallelujah. I don't want to go to Santa Rosa. I told our church, I don't want to come over here. When Pastor Steve sent us over there, we were driving because we were going to go to Puerto Rico. Pastor wanted us to go to San Diego first. Filled out the, the, the form documents. They're going to pray for us. After what, the 97 conference, I think it was in San Diego. They're going to pray for us. We're going to another part in San Diego. Okay. Two weeks before, they said, he says, Jose, I want to meet with you over here. So we met at a little restaurant at the mall somewhere, right? And he says, I've been praying. And you know, you guys are the couple from Santa Rosa. And we say, okay. And where's Santa Rosa? problems over there, you know, they had a small church and, and things happened there in the leadership. And so my wife and I, here we are a month later. So they pray for us in San Diego, right? You're in San Diego? They pray for us to go to Santa Rosa. We didn't even have time to change the paperwork. We never switched it from San Diego. Pastor Steve just called Pastor Saul and said, hey, we're switching it. We're not going to San Diego after all. They're going to Santa Rosa. And so we go to Santa Rosa and we're driving to Santa Rosa and we're going on, on, on 101 right there, uh, uh, getting to Santa Rosa, Petaluma, all that area. They got hills on this side, hills on this side. It was a nice afternoon. It's sunny out there. And we're driving. And you have, like, I don't know how many cows on this side. <laughs> we're almost in Santa Rosa. Man. And then we look to the left, another hill, deer on this side. I'm coming from, from Oakland, East Oakland. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Where we got the boom box over here at 3 in the morning. Boom, boom. Hey, hey. Going to Santa Rosa, cows and deer. <laughs> really? We were almost got into an argument. I said, well, what the heck? What are we going to do over here? We'll preach to the cows and the deer. I don't know about this. I don't know about this. We don't want to go there. You know why we went there? Because we're true disciples. We're true disciples. We don't need to see the whole thing. We don't need to understand the whole thing. We just need to know that my leader, my pastor, he sees. And we need to know the heart of our pastor, that he's a man of God. That's all I want to know. Because if he's a man of God, God moves 
in my life through him, through my leader. A lot of times we don't trust individuals. A lot of times we're weary because where we come from, we were never able to trust anybody. But I want to let you know that maybe the crowd comes and they're not, ah, I don't know about this. Maybe the followers come and says, come on, where's my blessing? Where's my $100,000? Where's my, my, my stuff? Ah, just for them. Ah, I, got, I ain't got time for this. But a true disciple says, wow, that was powerful. I didn't get, I didn't get blessed like that. But that, that, that sister got blessed and that brother got saved. And I saw them crying and they were touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the power of God. I know my homie who used to run the streets for a long time. And I saw him giving his testimony. And he's still there after nine months. After three years. He's still there. He's part of the church. Man, there is a God. And I'm going to go. And I'm going to be a part of that. Why? Not only because I'm looking for stuff for me. I'm here because I want to do something that is going to make a difference around the world. I want to see the, the, the the, the lost get saved. I want to see the blind see. I want to make a difference for somebody else. When you get to the level of wanting to make a difference for God and for others, God blesses you. God brings blessings to your life. Come on, somebody need to give them a good praise. Why do you think they got a miracle like this? Why do you think we're getting a miracle like that? Because it's not about self. It's not about my house. It's not about our stuff. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ moving forward so that God can do what he wants to do in the world. Come on, somebody need to give him a good praise. Hallelujah. I'm almost there for those that are thinking about the warriors still. You see, my friend, God is looking for true disciples that are willing to make a commitment. Disciples that are willing to carry some weight. You got to carry some weight when you come to church. You come to the church, God has taught you already. You're a true disciple. People are going to say, man, that message was so good. He was, he was yelling a lot. That was powerful. It's not powerful if it doesn't do anything in your life. This, this, this doesn't mean a whole lot unless something happens in your life. You say, man, he's so awesome. But you remain the same. And you know what's going to make a difference? I went and I spoke the other day over there in Fremont, one of the regional things that they had. And a week later, 10 days later, the pastors were talking to me and they were saying, you know, there was a lot of our people that never been involved in ministry, and they've been coming to us, and they've been saying, Pastor, where do you need me? How, how can I get involved? How can I help? I want to see this church grow. I want to see this church go to the next level. I want to I wanna be able. He says, a lot of people are coming because you challenge them to do that. I want to hear the same here. When I go, I don't want, I don't, I don't, I don't want people saying, man, that was a great message. That was a great message. No, I want, I want Pastor Stefan to say, you know what? There's so many people that, that were not really involved and they're coming and saying, Pastor, I'm crossing the line. 
I'm no longer just a follower of Jesus. I want some responsibilities to grow the church in the house of God. I want to grow my ministry to grow the church. What can we do to reach down the street in the next neighborhood? How can I grow my life group, my Bible study, my, my victory center? How can I grow it? I want to I wanna be a part of it. How can I help? Can I make the phone calls, the follow-up? Can I start a new life group? Can I do things to be able to reach more people to get to the next level? How can I do? And and. And he's going to tell you, I was waiting for that. We have a room for you. We got a place for you. You can grow. You can be everything that God called you to be. But you got, he was waiting for you to make that decision and to cross the line. Come on, somebody need to give him a good praise. Cross the line. Cross the line tonight. So I, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I've been feeling it in my heart. I don't know how to go about it. But tonight, I'm going to go ahead and, and take that step. Let me just real quickly. I don't want to stay here too long. Amen. But real quickly, Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. Real disciples are able to carry some weight for Jesus, for his church. And you know, carrying weight means they're able to withstand pressure. Some of you have been feeling the pressure and you don't know, man, am I insane? I've been doing good. I'm paying my tithes. I'm going to church. And I still feel this. There's pressure when you're in church, in ministry. There is pressure. We, we especially the pastors, we carry so much pressure most of the time. And we're looking for disciples because disciples, listen to this. True disciples are going to help us to lighten our load. We start sharing the weight because you're willing to carry some weight. True disciples, you're willing to pick up your cross. It's heavy. And still follow me. A lot of people pick up weight and they run away. Oh, I can't. They're not faithful. Oh, too much pressure. I can't be there at, at 8.30. I can't be there at 1 o'clock. No, I got, you know, family stuff. Pressure. Can you be there early? Can you follow up on people? Can you study a little bit so that you can give good stuff on your life group? It's pressure to study. It's pressure to talk to people. It's pressure to encourage somebody. It's pressure to do all these different things. So the pastor has to carry everything. Here's, here's your outline for the study. I worked hard yesterday. Here is the, the, the tithes. I got to pay an additional $1,000 because the church is short. I got to pay. And I got to do when a lot of people are just saying, man, what's good? I, I want to see, the, well, how can I get a blessing? And you see the pastor getting more gray hair. And you see the family going through stuff. And you don't even know because sometimes you, you, you don't know what's happening. But when you trust and when you're all in it, when your heart is in it, you come in and you want to, what, what, is there anything you want me to pray for, Pastor? Sister Chella, is there anything you guys are going through? Is there any needs in the house that we could help with? I want to go ahead and put my car to be able to pick up people, my money to be able to help move this ministry forward. I want to go ahead and myself, I volunteer to be a part of this ministry of them. What's needed? I'm a true disciple of Jesus Christ. He touched my life. He changed my life. I want to do something 
for God. I want to do something for the community. I want to reach the lost. I want to go to the highways and the byways. I want to give my money so that other people, so that we can build churches, so that we can send people all around the world. I want to do those things. How can I do that? How can I help? And believe me, you will pick up some weight. And when you pick up some weight, every one of us, we are going to be running and doing because it's going to get faster for God's honor and God's glory. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. I hope I'm getting, I'm getting somewhere with a message. You need to become a disciple. Some of you are shy. Some of you have been coming for a little bit. I remember coming to church. And I remember being here for a few months. My little brother was in Santa Rita. And he was facing time. He was going to court and all that. Daniel, some of you guys know Daniel. Rigo, Daniel, Daniel Rodrigo. And I remember coming to church two, three months. God touched me radically. He's changed my life. My wife didn't believe it for about three years. You're brainwashing you. Are you doing it? You think that you're just going to forget about everything that you've done to me just because you got saved? Uh-uh, I got news for you. She will walk around. I'm like. About three years later, she got saved. But she didn't believe it for a long time. But I remember sitting. I remember sitting. My little brother got out of Santa Rita. Somebody, I think it was Pastor Adam. He, he was ministering in Santa Rita. And he went with a couple of guys at that time from the Oakland church. And he ministered. One day I went to see my little brother in Santa Rita. And he said, last night some guy came from our church and he ministered. I'm like, yeah, who? A guy. And he started sharing, oh, from Oakland. Yeah, Oakland. And he started sharing his testimony. He said this and that. And then tears started coming down his face, my little brother, right? And then he said, so he made an altar call and I made the altar call. I gave my life to Jesus. He was in the, in the Santa Rita County Jail, right? So he comes out. He's coming to church. About two, three months. I was on disability. I was all messed up. I borrowed money from my mom. Hello, somebody. I said, Mom, I'm going to church. And those people are doing great things. They saved me. I said, they saved me. I want to give money. I'm going to have some money, you know, soon. Right now I don't have any, Mom, and I want to help these people. My mom gave me a $50 bill. Boom. So I came to church. And I'm sitting down, and I'm sitting down, has a basket like that, and he's coming around, and I pulled the $50 bill, and I was about to give my little brother, says, hey, man, you give him $50, bro, 50 bucks, and I remember looking at him right here, and tears are coming, I said, bro, these people saved my life, I pulled the $50 bill, and they went around like that, he was just like, what happened, I didn't know a whole lot about church. I didn't know a whole lot about nothing. There was just something here on the inside. Gratitude. Thankfulness. That if these people is willing to do this for me. Let me, let me say this. It may, it may, it may sound, it may sound a, little, a, little, a, little, a little questionable. But let me say it anyways. If these people are able to help me like this. With Jesus or without Jesus. I'm going to be loyal. My father the same. That was that was that was that was us brought up in the neighborhood. Now, now with Jesus at the center of this, 
when Pastor Steve sent us to Santa Rosa, we've been to some beaches here in, 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 in Haywood. My wife got sick. And she was sick. The devil was lying to her. Her mind, she was uh, real bad. At 2, 3 in the morning, she, she would get up. She wouldn't be able to go to sleep. But she was, uh, she would sit up on that bed. And I remember, and she would say, look at him. He's right there. He's right there on the carpet. And I said, who's there? And she would say, he's saying that there's no Jesus, that I need to worship him. There was the devil, and I feel the presence of evil in my house, and I have to fight. I've been saved for a little while now, so I'm fighting in the spirit for my wife. For a whole year, she went like that. My kids had to stay next door with a neighbor. They, they, they would stay because she couldn't take care of them. I couldn't even go to work because I had to take care of my wife. For a long time, almost for a year. It was the enemy because, you know, it wasn't through medicine and it wasn't through anything. I believe it was Roy de la Garza or somebody that gave us a word, pray over her. And little by little, this began to happen. She got healed. She didn't need all this other stuff. It was the devil. The devil was coming against us because he knew that we were called to serve God, that we were sold out. Listen, my friend, that's why when Pastor Steve would say, hey, when under the gun, don't run. Because sometimes you will feel the pressure. Sometimes you feel the attack. Sometimes Sometimes you feel the accusations, wrong accusations, false accusations. You got to stay under the gun and you got to say, no, I was born for greatness. I'm not going to give up. And at some time, if you don't give up, God will turn it around. God will bless you for all of the stuff that you, that you, that, that you stay with in this battle. Come on, somebody need to give him a good praise. Come on, somebody need to give him a good praise. Somebody need to give him a good praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me just say this and I'm done. If we can have the keyboard player come up. Just so that you know I'm not lying to you. Or at least there's a little bit of hope. But I, re I remember those things as if it was yesterday. Pastor Steve came. At, at, the, at the restaurant, I think it was their own, what is it on? Good evening. Good evening. He, he, he talked to me right now. He says, good evening. We're at the restaurant, we're talking, and Pastor Steve says, this is what he says. He says, if the devil could not stop you with that, Kim, Jose, if the devil could not stop you with that attack, he would never be able to stop you. That's exactly what he said. I remember that. Because we went through a whole lot in these 20-something years of being there in Santa Rosa. But even in my darkest moment, I hear the voice of Pastor Steve. If the devil could not stop you with this, Jose, Kim, the devil could never stop me. You know those being encouraging words and the worst, darkest moments in my life, knowing that, hey, wait a minute. Our pastor said that the attack that we received at that time, if the devil could not take us then, he's not going to be able to take us down now. Come on, give the Lord a good praise. Give the Lord a good praise. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Give the Lord a good praise. Man, I didn't, I didn't even get to my message. I didn't even get to my message. When we were coming over here, I close with this. Pastor Steve used to say, Close with anything, Pastor. Just close. Right? But let me, let me say this. 
When we were coming over here, I was thinking about this, so I wrote this down because I had a part of another message. That God wants you and I as true disciples to become bridges for his honor and glory. And you become a bridge for him. A bridge is a structure providing passage over a great gap and are built to sustain heavy amounts of weight over great distances without collapsing or deforming. A bridge. The bridge's ability to sustain, to sustain the weight lies on two opposing forces. Listen to me. The bridge's ability to sustain, sustain the weight lies on two opposing forces working together. The two opposing forces are tension and compression. Every bridge is built and it's got tension and compression to be able to hold the weight up. When cars, trucks, trailers go over the bridge, there's a heavy amount of weight that is pushing it down, but tension pulls it so that it can keep the weight up. See, tension and compression will challenge the integrity of the bridge. The bridge has to have some flexibility to prevent from cracking under pressure. Even if we don't feel it, anytime an automobile or a heavy truck is crossing over a bridge, even though it looks like nothing is happening, these two opposing forces are working together in the structure of the bridge, shifting the pressure of the weight from places of weakness to points of strength. It is the engineer's job to study how a bridge is going to react to these forces without the bridge snapping or breaking under the pressure. It is tension and compression. Listen, as you serve the Lord, you become a true soldier for Jesus Christ. You're going to feel the tension in ministry serving the Lord. You're going to feel stretched. God is stretching you at times. At times you're going to feel the weight compressing you down. But when you feel that there's a lot of weight upon your life because you're doing ministry, you're helping people, you're serving God, you're keeping a good testimony wherever you may go, and there's pressure on you, there's weight that is weighing you down, but then you feel stretched to keep it up. You know why? Because there's people that you are carrying. There's people that, are, that you are carrying from point A to point B. Because of, your, because of everything that you feel, the pressure that you feel, and you don't give up, there's people that are looking at you that now have hope that they didn't have before. Because every time that you're going through stuff and you feel the pressure, the tension and the compression, the weight and the stretching, every time you go through that, remember you are a bridge. Somebody's going to cross over from death to life, from darkness to light. Somebody is going to cross over from hell to heaven because of the pressure the pressure that you go through as a man of God, as a leader in the church, as a minister of the gospel, as a soldier of Jesus Christ. You're going to feel the pressure of the weight. You're going to feel the pulling of the stretching that God does in your life. But you don't give up. You don't break down. In fact, they say that even earthquakes and fires and floods and all this stuff 
don't really bring a bridge down. Very minimal. Very like, 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 like 99.9 percent of the times, a bridge would not collapse because of those things. The reason why a bridge would end up collapsing is because defect on the material, or because there is not a continual supervision on those bridges. They need the maintenance all the time. They need certain maintenance to be able to make sure that they're going to hold the weight in your life the big trials that you go through the attacks of the enemy against your life they're not going to bring you down they don't have the power to bring you down i'll tell you how men of god and women of god go down when they are not properly maintaining that relationship with jesus their material their heart their mind are not what they need to be so even smaller attacks from the enemy or trials or tribulation will bring a person down. But it's not because that's so heavy that you cannot sustain the weight. It's simply because we are not maintaining ourselves to the top, you, you know, shape that we need to be in the kingdom of God. So as a bridge, my friend, make sure that when you come to the church, make sure that you search your heart and you ask the Lord, God, well, is there anything in my heart that don't need to be there? Is there any unforgiveness in my life? Because when there's unforgiveness, when you are not the right material, when you don't allow God to cleanse you, to clean you up, to do those things, you are in danger of collapsing. But if you are right with God and you make the altar calls and you say, God, search me. I want to serve you. I'm going to let it go. When God does that in your life, God will bring you up. You can make it for the long haul. Lift up your hands all over the place. Your family is looking at you as a bridge and says, can we cross over? Is she still standing? Is he still standing? In spite of everything that she went through, is she still in the house of God? Is she still serving God at Victory Average Heart of the Bay? In spite of everything that she's been through, and you bring the hope so that they can cross over from where they're at to where God wants them to be. I want to let you know that God's, God's got a plan not only for this church, but God has a great plan for the leadership here in this church. Some of you need to begin to come and to talk to Pastor Esteban and the leadership. Pastor, how can I help? We're about to build this thing to the level that it needs to be. You can count on me. You can count on me. Where can I get involved? Where do you need help? Where is the church need the most help right now? How can I help? Because I'm becoming a true, a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you and I bless you. My challenge is simple, very simple, very simple. That if you're a Christian and you love Jesus, that love for Jesus will compel you to take the next step to build the very thing that he died for, which is his church. He died to build the church. I want to be involved in building what Jesus died building. That's what I want to do. What about you?
What about you? You want to you wanna give your all to build what Jesus wanted to build? That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. So I, my call is for every one of you. You love the church. The heart of the bay is your church. You want to see this ministry go to the next level. You want to reach people on the left and the right, family and neighbors, enemies, whoever. If that's your heart, then I want you to come forward. I want